Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today we've got a good one. We've got Lauren Schiefer in the house. If you're able to see the monitor right now, she's as wonderful speaking as she, look at that backdrop back there. She's got the kernel in the backdrop. Looks amazing. Boy, she's a motivational speaker. She is an author. She's a crusader for all those wanting to be the, the next generation of incredible leaders in their community. And today she's feeling ducky. She's feeling engaging. She's feeling inspiring. So excited to have you, friend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited about this. I, I, I get the opportunity to interview a lot of people and they're all awesome, but just listening to your stuff leading in and then our conversation leading up to right now, I just love your energy. I can see where if I was sitting in an audience listening to you speak, I'd be laughing, I'd be maybe even wanting to shed tears, I'd be so engaged. So I'm, I'm so excited for our listeners. I wanted to ask you, do you believe anybody can be successful? Yeah, anyone you, can be successful. Making well, money, losing money, making it back again, that's easy. So you think that anybody can be successful. Do you believe everybody can be significant? Yes. Can you kind of I dive think in being there? Significant is a choice. Can you dive into that a little bit? How how is that a choice? So just a, a little bit of background. So much of what I teach, I speak about I so much of what I live, I learned from my dad, which I share in my kernels of wisdom. Dad spent every day of his life trying to imbue in his daughters the commitment to be significant. And it's where this comes from. Dad used to say, anyone can be successful, kiddo. Choose to be significant. And here's the difference. Most of us are programmed to chase success. Success is inwardly focused. Success is about me. It's about uh, what my title is and how much money I make and what uh, my achievements or my awards are. Success is fleeting. Significance, on the other hand, is outwardly focused. Significance is about we. It has nothing whatsoever to do with how much money you make or what your title is. It's not about parking spots or, or compensation packages. Significance is about how many lives you touch and the manner in which you choose to impact them because how we impact others is a choice. So when we choose to be significant, that is not fleeting because we have impacted another life. It is evergreen. That's the difference. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. I love your talk about impacting. What would you say, there's lots of people out there, and more than any in my lifetime, in terms of people that are burnt out, they're fried. They, you know, they hear you talk about it's a choice. They might have a little victimitis going on where they, they, they're blaming their issues on other things. And they're thinking, I don't know if I can be significant. I mean, who am I? What, what would you say is the biggest stunter of growth for people that could be significant. Just that, the who am I syndrome, the imposter syndrome, yeah. the victim syndrome. One of the most significant people that I've ever met in my life 
And I actually use this, uh, her story uh, as a closer for my keynotes, uh, some of my keynotes, uh, is a woman named Valerie, Valerie Washington. I met her uh, in the bathroom outside of gate C10 in the Charlotte, North Carolina airport. And she was a bathroom attendant. It was her job to stay in the bathroom all day long and tend to the bathroom. And I don't know about you, but I would think that's a pretty crappy job. I thought so until I met Valerie. Valerie had the most amazing attitude and spirit. And, her, and she sings in, in, in the bathroom. But the, the line that really stuck with me was happiness is in the heart, not in the circumstances. You've got to, you've got to make your own sunshine. No one's responsible for your own sunshine. And when you decide to make your own sunshine, it automatically shines on other people. That is so good. So, man, there's so many. I, I love this. I, I love what you talk about. Because there's a lot of leaders that struggle to get their, their big ideas off the ground. A lot of, a lot of leaders get, end up getting run out. They're smart people. They're cool cats. They didn't get, most of them didn't get in that position because they're boneheads. But they, they basically get run out because they can't get their big ideas off the ground. What are some human qualities that could lead to significance that maybe they're missing? Well, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is <clears throat> it may be a big idea. But if, it, if it's just their big idea, it has no traction. Every idea that has ever grown and blossomed and become viral, the primary characteristic is, <clears throat> what does it mean for other people? Every leader is required to cast a vision. But that vision should not be a vision for where the company is going and where I'm going with the company. In order for that vision to be significant, it has to be postured in a manner. What, what does it mean for them? What does it look like, feel like, smell like? What will it be like for every individual employee when we together achieve that vision? When that big idea happens, what's in it for them? That is the piece that most big ideas are missing. That's and that's really... why they never get off the ground. They don't get traction. I love that. How, how often do you think perfectionism plays into, you know, people come up with their vision and their ideas not getting off the ground and lack of buy-in? How often oh, do you find that, sister? You say perfectionism and I say, Brad, get out of my head. <laughs> uh, okay. So <clears throat> I, I, I'm a little bit of a, perfectionist. Yeah. And what I've discovered is we, those of us that want perfection, <clears throat> we get all our ducks in a row. We get everything organized. We get everything ready before we start, before we even begin, because otherwise then you have to just, if you do it wrong, you have to go back. You have to do it over again. It just takes time. So let's just do it right the first time, Sure. which often means that we never get started. Right. So what I have created for myself as a, a stopgap, a go around for that, uh -huh. is I recognize the fact that with every effort, I grow. With every effort I'm learning. Perfectionists never make the same mistake twice. It's the nature of the beast. 
So if with every effort I'm growing, with every effort I'm learning, then I am on target for that perfection I desire. And as long as I am on target for perfection, that gives me a framework wherein I can always feel good about myself and good enough about myself that I can continue moving forward. That's awesome. So do you believe that, just listening to you here, do you believe that people who are perfectionists, because I always jokingly say I'm a recovering perfectionist because I, I do think there's a lot of advantages to being a perfectionist. Like you're generally prepared, you're organized, you, you pay attention to details, you have a sense of urgency. I think there's a lot of good stuff to that. But a lot of times they don't get their big, big ideas off the ground. You kind of alluded to this. A lot of times they don't get their big, big ideas off the ground because they never feel like they're actually ready. They never feel like it's good enough because they feel like there's more. Are you saying that rather than trying to shed the perfectionism that maybe is inside them and learning more how to adapt and improvise and overcome and use it to your advantage, are you saying they should do more of that than trying to shed it? Or am I mis- misreading you there? Yes. A perfectionist will never shed their perfectionism. So we have to work within it. We have to find a go around, a pattern interrupt in our brains that allows us to work forward. And for me, that pattern interrupt is this step forward may not be perfect, but it's on target for perfection. Mm, That's really good. I love that. So I give myself credit for the progression toward perfection. Man, awesome. You are slaying it, sister. So uh, I always talk about the world's run by great questions, more so than great answers. Great leaders, great organizations know how to ask great questions. Are there two or three questions? You get to speak to a lot of people. You're incredible at it. Are there two or three questions that all the leaders out there right now, all the future leaders out there right now, could ask themselves that would kind of help propel them to being coming the best version of them when they get in those opportunistic moments? Does that make sense? Are there a couple questions that people are just missing? Like their lens are in the wrong place. They're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, the first one, uh, there's one specifically that comes to mind. There are two other things that I think are important. I don't know if they're necessarily housed in questions, but the, the, the one question that should always be first is who am I serving? Who am I serving? How are I, am I serving them? Because significant leaders focus on serving others first. All that you send into the lives of others comes back into your own. It's the great universal boomerang effect. What goes around comes around. Some people call it karma and, and, and that's great. But all that you send into the lives of others comes back into your own. So send it out. Send that positive energy out. Who are you serving and how are you serving them? Serve others first. The other two characteristics that that serve as the foundation for all significant leadership and significance in general is the first one is a solid knowledge of your own self-esteem, your own value as human beings. Our value as individual human beings does not rest in who our parents are what our lineage is, what our country of origin is, who we're married to or dating, what our abilities or disabilities might be, what size you wear, what color your skin is, 
your hair, your eyes, any of those goofy things that we and society seem to allow our value to rest in. Your value rests in the fact that you exist. It doesn't have to be earned and it cannot be purchased. It just is. And once you recognize that, here's the magic thing. It frees you to be humble. Most arrogant people that I've ever met in my life, if you crack them open like an egg, down there in the center, you're going to find a very small child with no self-esteem. So a core knowledge of your own value is essential. And the other characteristic is a daily choice to treat all people with respect. Now, how I word that is really important to me. The colonel used to say, you don't have to respect everyone, Lauren Ann. You have no right to disrespect anyone, young lady. There are people that I've met. There are people in my circle, not my inner circle, but my circle. There are people that I've observed that for whatever reason, I can in no way respect them. Maybe it's the choices that they've made or their behaviors or the words they choose or or, uh, our differing ethics, whatever it is, I can in no way respect them. That doesn't mean I don't make a daily choice to treat them with respect. So I focus on respect to all people rather than respect for all people. So if we have a core knowledge of our own value, it allows us to treat others with respect. Right. This and this plus a decision to serve others first is the absolute foundation for significance. I love it. And those are and all what every, what every significant leader should stand on. I love that. Sorry for cutting you off there. No. Uh, those are also some of your part of your nine essentials. Uh, to significant leadership. I, I, I see you working over there, sister. Really, really good stuff. I hear some respect in there and I love it. So in an effort to be a significant leader, and I just love, I, I just, I'm just, uh, if I could get a little bit of Lauren Nader in my diet every day, which I think we all can, we can get through the, cur- the colonel's message. You, How often do you post that? I do a video blog uh, once a week, it goes out every Tuesday. Okay, yeah. To my mailing list, I also post it on my Facebook page mm-hmm. um, and my LinkedIn page. I post a truncated version on Twitter because you can only have two minutes and right. twenty seconds on Twitter. Right. Hate that. So I every Tuesday that video kernel of wisdom goes out every Tuesday. On the other days of the work week, I post uh, graphics that have a kernel oh, is, of wisdom on it. It is awesome. It is, it is definitely a great way to start anyone's day. On the topic of significance, there's a difference between persuasion and manipulation. That's this week's subject. Boy, you are on top of things. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Absolutely. What, the difference mean, be- yeah, what's the difference between those two, sister? Okay, well, most people run in fear from the concept of persuasion because they equate it with manipulation, which makes everyone feel icky. Right. There's a real difference between the two. And the difference is in intention. I manipulate you to benefit me. I persuade you to benefit you or a greater good. So manipulation is selfish. Persuasion is benevolent. And your primary key to persuasion 
what's in it for them. How will it benefit them to improve their performance? How will it benefit them to buy into your idea, to make the change that you want them to make, to do things exactly the way your perfectionist spirit wants them to do it? How will it benefit them? Frankly, they don't care how it's going to benefit you. And often they don't care how it's going to benefit the company. How will it benefit them? That's your key to persuasion. If you can always find that why in it, then you can be persuasive without being manipulative. Right. And more sustainable. So good. So uh, we've, we've only got a few minutes left here and then I am kicking you to the curb girlfriend you've been amazing again we align in so many ways you talk about what you say matters how you interact matters how you communicate matters and gold stuff there absolute gold so true what are what is the one to two percent at the top what are they doing differently generally speaking most of them are interacting they're communicating they're doing things differently highly successful people do things differently what would you say those one to two percent are doing that the rest of the peeps out there aren't doing? So I want to be really, really clear because there are a lot of people with a lot of money that call themselves um, the the top one to two percent um, and are very successful, but they are not significant. So the top one to two percent of significant leaders and I've, I've already highlighted it. They serve others first. They are always focused on service. I've had the privilege because of who my father was. Mm-hmm. I had the privilege of learning from and getting to know the late John McCain. Had the privilege of learning from Colin Powell. The priv- not because of my dad, but because I followed him. Uh, I have the privilege of learning from John C. Maxwell. Mm-hmm. And the late, great Mary Kay Ash. Mm. All of them make a choice, made a choice every day to serve others first. That's what will take the significant cream to the top. I love it. So good. What are some of the best ways? And we'll put this all in the notes as well. But what are some some of the best ways to get in touch with you? Uh, If people are just digging this and just drinking the Kool-Aid, I got to get a hold of this person. What are some of the best ways to do that for our listeners? Well, the, the very best way is to find me on my website, and that is Lauren Schieffer, L-A-U-R-E-N-S-C-H-I-E-F-F-E-R.com. The email is lauren at laurenschiefer.com. That's the best way. You can also find me on LinkedIn. That's my social media preferences is LinkedIn. So that's going to be Lauren Schieffer, CSB, the, the Colonel's daughter. And I'm always, I, I, don't, I don't have a massive team that filters everything for me. If you hit Lauren at laurenschiefer.com, it's going to come directly to me. I'm going to get it. Great. I love and it. And on the website, you can sign up for the, the video blog. It goes out every Tuesday. Which would be huge. I don't spam people. I don't have time. Yeah, which would be huge. Awesome. So good. So good. So valuable. So you do have... 34, 30 to 45 seconds to talk to our audience at the time of this recording, uh, 60 plus countries, five continents, over a thousand cities going to be tuning into the Schieffer Nation. How could they become the best version of themselves? What, what are some ways 
30 to 45 seconds, how can they create the best version of themselves today? Stop taking yourself so seriously. Relax. Know that you're here on the planet for a reason. There are no mistakes. There are no coincidences. Focus on serving others first. And your purpose and your best self will naturally settle. Thank you again. I have really, really, really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. (laughs) Make it a great day.